This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, April 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Activist disrupts hearing. Neonic man advances. Yet another water fight. Shipping reform update and U.S. aid warns of acute food insecurity. Activist glues hand to table during assembly ag hearing. An animal rights activist for the group Direct to Action Everywhere shut down an Assembly Ag Committee hearing yesterday. The activist, Carla Cabral, was upset over recent amendments to a bill proposing to ban new confined animal feeding operations. The group is a sponsor of the measure. The amendments remove slaughterhouses from the measure. Cabral tried to speak on the bill when it was not on the agenda for the hearing and then appeared to glue her hand to the table. The committee took a recess and finished a half hour later in another room. Neonic ban stirs fears over citrus greening. A bill proposing to ban nearly all non-agriculture uses of neonicotinoids passed a committee yesterday. Farm groups have lined up in opposition of the measure, arguing it will undermine the regulatory process and would enable invasive pests to proliferate. Chris Reardon, Vice President of Pest Control Operations of California, called the Department of Pesticide Regulation, quote, the definitive pesticide use enforcement department of the country. Louis Brown, representing several farm groups, said the agency is great at what they do and found the risk low for non-agricultural uses. If you, the legislature, disagree with that, said Brown, rather than taking the chemistry and taking the science into your hands, let's direct them to go back and do what they're paid to do. Brown commended Assembly Member Rebecca Bauer-Kahan of Orinda for working with DPR, but said CDFA handles invasive pests. The citrus industry, explained, has spent millions of dollars to educate landowners about treating backyard citrus trees to prevent the spread of the host insect for citrus greening. Bauer Kahan responded that while DPR is reevaluating agriculture uses, they haven't even started discussing other uses. She pledged to add more language exempting invasive species in the bill. Friant furious over water deliveries to exchange contractors. The Friant Water Authority is upset with the Bureau of Reclamation for releasing water from the Friant Dam to supply San Joaquin River exchange contractors. The action began on Friday. Friant's Class 1 allocation, meanwhile, stands at just 15% and may decrease further. In a statement, Friant claimed the amount of water being released is enough to supply Los Angeles for a year. The impacts, quote, will be staggering for both humans and the ecosystem, with wells running dry and dozens of communities that depend on that water for recharge. Friant charges the move will decimate spring-run salmon as well. It's framed the underlying issue driving the problem as, quote, poorly designed regulations meant to protect delta fish species. One day, Californians will wake up to realize that they didn't sacrifice farms to save fish. They lost both, argued Friant. Remember, the contractors receive water in exchange for the supply they lost when the federal government built the Central Valley Project. When the Delta lacks enough water to meet the contract, Reclamation sends them Friant water instead. 
the issue is in court over how much the government is obligated to send to the contractors. Costa, conversations on OSRA ongoing. Path forward, not yet clear. Representative Jim Costa, the California Democrat, is working on getting the Ocean Shipping Reform Act to the president's desk. The Senate passed a version last week that leaves out some provisions that were in the original bill. Costa is a co-sponsor of the House measure and says he's talked to fellow California Democrat John Garamendi about putting those provisions, which include minimum service standards, in a different shipping bill rather than insisting they be a part of OSRA. Garamendi is the House bill's lead Democratic sponsor. Costa said at some point you've got to figure out what's the best you can get. And why it matters? Well, the House must either approve the Senate bill the way it is or get the Senate to negotiate a compromise version. The bill is aimed at alleviating port bottlenecks. Trump water quality certification rule returns. The Supreme Court has reinstated the Trump administration Clean Water Act rule limiting state and tribal oversight over the impacts of federally licensed energy projects on water quality. In a 5-4 to four decision issued without any explanation by the majority, the court put the rule back on the books while an appeal proceeds in the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. A federal district court had vacated the Section 401 rule in October while the Environmental Protection Agency develops new regulations, prompting eight states and three major energy groups that the American Petroleum Institute, the Interstate Natural Gas Association, and the National Hydropower Association to seek a stay from the high court. Chief Justice John Roberts joined the dissent, led by Justice Elena Kagan, who said the states had and the states and energy interests were unable to clear, quote, the high bar of demonstrating irreparable harm if they were not granted a stay of the lower court's decision. The applicants have not identified a single project that uh, a state has obstructed in the five months since the district court's decision, the dissent said. U.S. trying to preempt potential years-long food crisis. The Biden administration is working to prevent a potential years-long food supply crisis spurred by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That according to the U.S. Agency for International Development. Sarah Charles, who heads USAID's Bureau of Humanitarian Assistance, told the House Agriculture Subcommittee yesterday that the U.S. is working closely with the Ukrainian government to ensure the country can continue to export amidst the raging war. USAID also is helping Ukrainian farmers gain access to credit to buy seed fertilizer and other core inputs. Still, Charles warned the war is, quote, poised to create acute food insecurity throughout the world for the next several years. She said the war will likely cause a 10 to 20 percent increase in commodity prices. Now, take note, ExxonMobil is working with Ukraine to address its fuel shortage, and Poland is also helping by drawing from its own strategic reserves. Ukrainian Ag Consulting Group details crop shortages. Ukrainian Ag Consulting Group, UK AgroConsult, is forecasting sharp cuts in domestic production. The group projects that Ukrainian farmers would likely produce just 19 million metric tons of corn this year, down from 42 million last year. Wheat production is expected to be about 19.8 million metric tons. USDA is estimating the Ukrainian 21 wheat production 
was at 33 million tons. Finally, here's today's He Said It. This is a huge element of climate change. Those headlines, 1,200 years, Senator Laird will tell you what it was like back then. That Senator Bob Hertzberg of Van Nuys slipping in a quick jab at Senator John Laird while citing media stories on the drought being the worst in 1,200 years as he introduced a water conservation measure. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, April 7th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.